What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're at in the world. It is Friday, August 26, 2022. Happy to have you here and welcome to 1% with him at his hard line. So we're going to be reading out of the book of Philman, chapter one. There's only one chapter in this book. And so I thought, you know what, let's go to this one because I know there is one or two books in here. I think it was just maybe this one that had only one book and I found it. And so, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. Um, I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ as the host, and they are at the wheel, they're at the helm, and they are steering the ship through these crazy chaotic waters and through this storm that we call life. But like I said, always give 100% surrender of your life over to God with Christ in your heart. And I tell you right now, without fail, it's a 100% guarantee and you will not be disappointed and you will be safe because they will steer the ship that you're going, you know, that you're riding on to a safe harbor. You know, finally have peace. So just remember that. So just a couple things before I get started. I apologize for a little bit of the latency. Like I said, my wife and I, we were celebrating our eight year anniversary, wedding anniversary yesterday. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Went out to eat and drove over to the next town to this place called Crumble Cookie. I don't know, maybe some of you have heard of it. I tell you this, I when it first came out, everybody, all the women in the neighborhood were just raving, ranting and raving about it. I said, who gets this excited over cookies? In fact, even more importantly, who just starts a storefront called Crumble Cookie just to sell cookies? It's not even a real bakery. It doesn't have cupcakes, doesn't have muffins, donuts, doesn't have all the good stuff that gets you nice, fat, and you know, nice, fat, and happy. And we went one time. I tried, well, actually, I should say I went one time. I went to surprise my wife. I was in Grand Rapids. I took my daughter to a truck show. And uh, we were near a crumble cookie. So I'm like, all right. So I put in an order online. I went to go pick it up. And first off, I did the party box, which that's like a dozen cookies. Oh my God, talking like $40 for a box of cookies, 12 cookies, like 12 cookies, 40 bucks. Get out of here. But she said they're worth it. I said, okay, whatever. I'll eat this cost. So I went there, not knowing what to expect, and I picked up the cookies. And when I picked up this box, let me tell you, first off, this box is bigger than like a, it's just as big, if not a little larger than like a sheet cake. Like a large sheet cake. I'm talking, I don't even have the box in front of me, but I swear it's like two feet long by like a foot and a half wide or a foot wide. It's ridiculously large. 
And so when I picked up this box after I paid, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, what do they have in here? A cake? This ain't cookie. These are this is a cake. It was so heavy. I opened it up. My goodness gracious. You would have swore that this was a cake in cookie form. These cookies were so thick. I'm talking like half inch thick, just the cookie part itself. And then you add the frosting, depending on what type of frosting they use and what kind of cookie you get. That could be mounted up about another quarter to a half inch above that. So, I mean, you're talking about like a little mini micro cake. It's no wonder they call it crumble cookie. Good luck picking it up because it's just literally going to fall apart when you try to you know pick it up. Here's what I didn't know. I learned this yesterday. So crumble cookie, they sell these special little like, I guess, I don't know if they're like pizza cutters or what, but they're special little slicers to, to quarter up the cookie because these cookies are so rich in flavor. Some of them are so sweet that you can't even eat one by itself. And so I guess these cookies are meant to cut them up in, I guess, quarters or I don't know, maybe eighth size pieces, or maybe it is just quarter. You quarter them up, right? Just, you know, four pieces. And I was looking at the uh, at the menu when we were there yesterday, and it shows calories for some of these cookies. 140 calories. I'm like, wow, that's really not that bad. My wife's like, no, 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 no. That's that's for a quarter. I'm like what? She goes, yeah, that's that's for a basically a piece of the cookie. I'm like, what? Why would they do that? She goes, because these cookies aren't meant to eat one by itself. You're meant to. That's why they're so expensive. I guess you're meant to. You know cut them up and share them among with other people they're gourmet cookies I'm like oh i had no freaking idea but yeah i was like thinking to myself I'm like that's straight up fake news they they know what they're doing though because you know most people that's probably what their intent was right say so, oh these cookies are so good and so big and so sweet and rich in flavor that they're meant to eat quarter at a time but see, on the on the menu, at least not that I saw, and I'm a pretty observant guy because as a truck driver, we are trained to make sure that we see and read all signs. It doesn't matter how minuscule the sign is. We are trained that we have to look. If there's a sign with wording or symbolism on it, we have to look at it. As truck drivers, that's what we have to do. And so I look pretty closely at these things. And so I didn't see anywhere that said a quarter, 140 calories for a quarter of a piece. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, that's pretty, dis- that's pretty, it's pretty clever, but deceptive at the same time. They should put 140 slash, you know, um, whatever the freaking number is. I'm, I, forgive me, I'm, I don't, can't do, can't do math quickly in my head, but I think 560 maybe. So yeah, 140 times four, yes, 560. So what they should have done is put 140 slash 560. And then have like a little explanation or like a little pictogram underneath it. So like having a quarter underneath it or even a fraction, right? Like a quarter and then a whole. Maybe just even a picture, right? So I don't know. <laughs> but I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, that's a very good way to sell more cookies because people are like, oh, wow, 140 calories for that cookie? Count me for six. Anyway. All right. So let's get into the reading. And then after this, we're going to be doing his hardline discussion. Uh, the reason we're not doing the Brandenburg block hour today is because some uh, switch ups on her lineup for her show. Something So she was supposed to uh, Donna Brandenburg, who's running for governor in Michigan. Uh, we typically have a Brandenburg block hour or, you know, either we agreed upon coming on my show every other Friday and then the, uh, the other every other would be on her show. Um, but she was supposed to interview Mary Flynn. That's Michael General Michael Flynn's sister. 
um, yesterday, but something happened where she couldn't be on her show. So they switched it today, which not a big deal. I'm kind of happy it worked out like that. In fact, um, what I was trying to think about maybe doing is um, maybe having Donna on um, I don't know, just, you know, maybe just keeping it like maybe one Friday I'll have her on my show. And then on a different Friday, I'll be on her show. But then the other two Fridays of the month, um, I want to continue on doing these, his hardline discussions, but in other topics, cause there's so much that we're going to have to cover. Um, but I don't know, I, that's not an official decision. So we'll see. But anyway, let's get into the reading here so we can move on to his hardline discussion. So today I'm going to be reading out of the NASB version of the Bible. And again, we're reading out of uh, the book of Philemon, chapter one. It's only one chapter, and it reads as such. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved brother and fellow worker, and to Aphia, our sister, and to the uh, and to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always making mention of you in my prayers because I hear of your love and of the faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints. And I pray that the fellowship of your faith may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for sake of Christ. For I have had great joy and comfort in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. Therefore, though, I have enough confidence in Christ to order you to do what is proper. Yet for love's sake, I rather appeal to you since I am such a person as Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. You know, I got to pause there for a second. I wonder why they, why it's worded like that. I am a prisoner of Christ Jesus because, you know, if you're a prisoner... I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to stop here in the middle of the reading because, you know, words matter to me. For some reason, that kind of bothers me because this is the first time reading it this morning. I didn't read it beforehand. I've read it before, but I forgot that it said this. Just for educational sake, let's just go for, to um, Noel Webster's 1820 Dictionary Prisoner. Let's see here. Prisoner, a person under arrest or in custody of the sheriff, whether in prison or not, as a prisoner at the bar of a court, second definition, a captive, one taken by an enemy in war, okay. Definition three, one whose liberty is restrained as a bird in a cage. Okay, so this is kind of what doesn't make sense to me. A prisoner of Christ Jesus, I guess, if you're going to look at the definition of a captive, one taken by an enemy in war. See, yeah, even still, I don't know. I don't, I don't, see, I don't know how I feel about this because being in, you know, having the spirit of the Lord, you know, Jesus Christ in you, right? Again, this is my, 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 my perspective. This is not, I'm not reading the Bible right now, but I don't like how it says, I am such a person as Paul, an old man, and now a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Because, again, according to these three different you know definitions, I mean, I would say probably the least likely one, the one that would least likely seem very um, negative would be one whose liberty is restrained as a bird in a cage. Because liberty is defined as, you know, temporary freedom. And so I don't know. I just have a hard time with this because one of the things that I think I remember reading in the Bible a long time ago somewhere, and I can't remember what what book it was, 
was that we should not be the, the, the you know we should never say that the Lord Jesus Christ and following the Lord is um what was the word a burden because anybody that would say that is you know speaking falsely because there's no burdens with the Lord Jesus Christ and so I guess I have a, a little bit of a hard time here with this one line where it says now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus hmm if somebody's got some you know interesting perspective on that maybe shoot me an email help me figure this out see this is what I'm talking about like I said I'm not a biblical biblical scholar or a minister or a pastor or a priest or anything like that and sometimes there's certain things that I read in the Bible that trip me up beyond belief and it makes me go hmm so if somebody out there would do me the honor and the favor of maybe educating me, because like I said, I don't know everything. And some of you might know way more on this than I do. And I am humble enough and, you know, willing enough to always learn from other people. Because again, I don't know it all. I learn just like you by reading and listening. And I am willing to listen to some of you out there if you have some interesting perspective on this line. So just for the record, uh, it's verse 9. In the book of Philman, chapter one. So, you know, Philman, chapter one, verse nine, where it says, Yet for love's sake, I rather appeal to you, since I am a person as Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. If you can maybe shed some light on that, maybe uh, that'd be great. And I'm kind of looking forward to reading to see what the uh, summary is at the bottom of this here. So, continuing on, I'm sorry for that little sidebar, but that was, that was something that kind of bothered me a bit. Okay. So I appeal to you, starting with verse 10, I appeal to you for my son, um, Onesimus, whom I fathered in my imprisonment, who previously was useless to you, but now is useful both to you and to me. I have sent him back to you in prison, in person, excuse me, that is sending my very heart, whom I wanted to keep with me so that in your behalf, he might be at my service in my imprisonment for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that your goodness would not be in effect by compulsion, but of your own free will. For perhaps it was for this reason that he was separated from you for a while, that you would have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in flesh and in the Lord? If then you regard me as a partner, accept him as you would me. But if he is wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, have written this with my own hand. I will repay it, not to mention to you that you owe to me even your own your own self as well. Yes, brother, let me benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you since I know that you will do even more than what I say. At the same time, also prepare me a guest room for I hope that through your prayers, I will be given to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you as do Mark, Aristarchus, Damas and Luke, my fellow workers, the grace of the Lord Christ be with you in spirit. And so that's verses 1 through 25 in the book of Philemon. So I'm reading now also, because just like I've always said, I've always referenced BibleRef.com. It's a great resource. And so they do something you know, amazing here where they do um, little summaries after each book. 
And so what does film in chapter one mean? So here where it says, it, it says what they wrote here in the summary. Now film in chapter one is the first and only chapter of Philemon, the shortest of the Apostle Paul's 13 letters. A large portion of the letter addresses the Roman practice of slavery, specifically in the life of a man named Onesimus. This man was a runaway slave of Philemon, a church leader in Colossae. Excuse me, I'm going to take a little sip of coffee. I could feel it getting a little cooler. I might have to reheat it after this. Paul's letter to Philemon includes five main parts. An introduction, encouragement to Philemon, a request regarding the runaway slave Onesimus, a pledge to Philemon from Paul, and a, belief, and a brief conclusion. Now, in the introduction, Paul clearly identifies himself as the letter's author, calling himself a prisoner. This letter was written during Paul's two-year house arrest in Rome and is considered one of the four prison epistles. It seems to have been co-written with Timothy. Now, the main recipient was Philemon, but it also was meant for Aphia and Archippus, uh, excuse me, Archippus, probably Philemon's wife and son. It also mentions the house church in their home in Colossae. It includes Paul's standard greeting, grace and peace to you. Now, Philemon chapter 1, 4 through 7 encourages Philemon in many ways. Paul confesses his re regular prayers for Philemon and compliments him on his love, faith, and willingness to share his faith. Now, this section also suggests that Philemon has provided financial assistance to Paul in the past. And as you read in verses 8 through 6, it addresses a special guest of Philemon. Though Onesimus could have been punished or even put to death for running away, Paul urges forgiveness and freedom, and he explains that Onesimus had come to faith in Jesus during his time with Paul and wanted to be useful. This is an example of wordplay, as the name Onesimus itself means useful. And so verses 17 through 21 displays how serious Paul is about his request. He strongly asked Philemon to treat any wrongs or debts of Onesimus as those of Paul himself. And so Paul essentially signs himself to an obligation to make up for anything Onesimus, you know, Onesimus's escape has cost Philemon. And so Paul also shares his plans to soon visit Colossae. And then verses 23 through 25 conclude that the brief letter to Philemon mentioning five additional fellow workers in addition to Timothy, who is mentioned in verse 1, and then he then ends with, and I quote, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, end quote, which is a common conclusion used by Paul. And so that is the uh, summary of the book of Philemon, chapter one, the only chapter from the New American Bible, New American Standard Bible. And so, yeah, very interesting. Like I said, um, just kind of, I was, I'll be honest with you today, I was a little bit unprepared, if I'm going to be completely honest today. Because, um, like I said, just, you know, the last thing that was on my mind was the podcast, if I'm going to be completely transparent with you all. And so I just wanted to make sure I put nothing but, you know, full attention towards my wife and our marriage. And so we just, you know, we had movie night. We didn't have our daughter. We have had very, very rare times where we don't have our daughter. 
And so like right now, as I'm doing this podcast, my wife is doing something that she has always wanted to do, but really can't do because I'm usually working 12 hours a day. And now that she is child free, our daughter is at her grandma's. So she is at the beach. She went to go get herself a Chick-fil-A breakfast sandwich. She has her coffee. And she asked me, she goes, how long do you think you'll be on your podcast? I'm like, I don't know, between the two of them, maybe hour, hour and a half-ish, right around there. More than, more realistically, hour and a half when you kind of get done with the preparation, get going, and so on and so forth. She goes, well, I am going to go to the beach, and I'm going to watch the water, eat my Chick-fil-A breakfast sandwich, and have my coffee, and have some silent time. I'm like, that sounds amazing, and I am super jealous because I would love to do that too. But <laughs> I have to go do the podcast, so here I am. But anyway, that's all I have for you today. Let's... uh. Let's close this out with a prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for the gift of life and allowing me to wake up to another day. And thank you for eight wonderful years of our marriage. Even though the first the first year was, you know, the first, well, first five, six years was pretty challenging. But I thank you for rebuilding me up breaking me down and then rebuilding me up into the man that I am today. And I know that you are still at work within me because each and every day is a new lesson that I know you teach, not just me, but all of us. And I pray and encourage, hopefully everybody would do the same, put their faith and their trust 100% in you to invite Jesus Christ into their heart, to allow themselves the total renovation of you and your son, Jesus Christ, and allow a complete demolishment of the old self so that you may start anew and rebuild them up, starting from the foundation all the way on up. So I pray that people take that step and step out into faith and allow that process to take place. It's not an easy process, but it is a process that has much you can just tell that when the process is not complete, but when you get to a point to where you could recognize that you are no longer the old Jew, it is a process that you are thankful for, no matter how painful it is. It's a good pain. It's like a mother that I've always heard. It's like a mother who goes through birth. It's it's painful, but when the baby comes out, you forget about all that pain. Everything that you went through, the suffering, the pain, it's all gone when you hold that little baby that's new in your arms. I can only imagine that that is almost kind of a similar feeling is that, you know, you go through this pain in the process of being slammed down and broken into a billion pieces. But then once you start reconstructing and, and, and building up what, how you want us to be, once we recognize what, what that, <clears throat> excuse me, what that rebuilding looks like, you forget about the pain and you forget about the uh, transition and how and, and what that felt like because it's not an easy process. So I do pray that people come to you with an open heart and truly ask, Father, demolish the old self and rebuild me to a new me, a better version of the one that I used to be yesterday. We pray all this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that is all I have for you today. I am going to come back here on the other side with a one uh, with a His Hardline discussion, and uh, we'll see you on the other side here. All right. Thanks for joining us. And remember, do your absolute best to invite Christ in your heart daily. Because just like a friend, when you invite a friend to your home, you don't just invite your friend to your home once. 
you do it when you want them to come over because if they if you only invited them once but they came in daily without your invitation that's probably something that you wouldn't want you have to want to have Christ in your heart and in order to want to have Christ in your heart Jesus Christ in your heart you have to invite him daily so he knows where your heart's at at the beginning of each day he knows that your free will has allowed that because again Jesus is not a burden he is a gift and in order to receive a gift you have to want to receive that gift willingly so each and every day you have to invite the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior the one who spilled his blood for us for you and I to wash away the sins of the world and I'll just end with this one verse because it is my favorite verse. Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I hope you have a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're at in the world. Excuse me. You know, I missed a line in that. I, I was like sitting here pausing myself. Excuse me, because I'm not reading it. I'm trying to go off memory. It says, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There we go. My apologies. I'm And I'm wearing the shirt, too. I actually got the shirt. The Bible verse is on the back of my shirt, but I'm not going to take my shirt off and like read it. <laughs> And so anyway, all right, um, that's all I got for you today. I'll be back here on the other side. And until then or the next time, we will see you then. All right, have a blessed day, everybody. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer. You'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hishardline.com, for all the latest updates.